As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the impact of a difficult weekend for the Mets. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. This is Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, May 17th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here to kick off the week is Derek Van Riper. And DVR, a rough weekend for the Mets, both in terms of the scoreboard and in terms of uh, the injury list. And we'll uh, we'll get to that uh, shortly. But uh, we've got an update here on Corey Seager uh, that uh, he is not going to need surgery on his broken hand. Uh, however, there is no time timetable yet for Seager's return to the Dodgers. So uh, good news, I suppose. I would think that would shorten up the timetable, but... Uh, for us right now, in terms of decision-making, uh, at a bit of a standstill. But uh, another piece of information that came out from the Athletics, uh, Fabian Ardaya, is that uh, Gavin Lux is going to be the team's primary shortstop. Not really a surprise, but what are your thoughts on Lux going forward now that it would seem that his playing time is going to be solidified there? Uh, do you think he will live up to the uh, prospect hype of, uh, of a couple of years ago with uh, with regular playing time? Yeah, I think this, you know, unfortunately for Seager, um, is one of those things that really stabilizes Gavin Lux for the time that Seager is out. Because if Lux continued to play at the level he's played at to this point, you could have seen a scenario where the Dodgers might have sent him back to AAA for a brief stretch. And now that probably can't happen just because of the lack of, of options at short, unless they decide to make Chris Taylor the regular shortstop at some point in the next couple of weeks. So, I do think Lux will deliver on his potential. He's one of those guys, you look at his numbers, age to level. When he did make that stop at AAA previously, he was incredible. And I think he can be the kind of guy that develops into a steady middle-of-the-order run producer who also steals some bases on a team as loaded as the current Dodgers. Maybe he's still stuck in the bottom half of the lineup, but with Seager out, everybody moves up into a more prominent spot, so... I'm in on Lux for these next few weeks because I think he's much more stable now than he might have been had Seager been healthy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm all in on Jazz Chisholm, but I know that's not going out on any sort of limb. That's not, uh, you know, contrary to <laughs> uh, most people's opinion. But uh, if you needed some reassurance with him coming back from the IL, uh, you got it on Sunday against the Dodgers. Chisholm uh, in the lineup uh, and going two for five with his eighth stolen base of the season. So great to see there from him. A couple notes here for the Diamondbacks. Catal Marte is going to begin a rehab assignment at AAA Reno on Monday. So he is nearing a return. Luke Weaver left his start on Sunday against the Nationals with shoulder discomfort. Uh, That's pretty thin rotation situation there already. Uh, No timetable, of course, or indication of the, the severity, but... Uh, we'll hopefully know more about Weaver's situation shortly. Jose Urquidy placed on the injured list by the Astros. He's got shoulder inflammation. Aaron Hicks also on the Yankees injured list with a left wrist sprain. So number of injuries here uh, that we'll need to take into account this week, uh, looking for replacements on our fantasy rosters. But uh, DVR, let's uh, zero in on the Mets here because uh, they've been dealing with injuries for a while now anyway. And just more bad news uh, on Sunday, uh, their game at Tampa Bay, Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil leaving that contest early, both with hamstring injuries. So uh, we'll tack them onto the list that we'll consider later on in terms of whether to start or sit them this week. But also Brandon Nimmo looked like he was on the verge of coming back and now his rehab assignment has been shut down. So he's not uh, coming back quite as quickly from that finger injury as we had hoped. So uh, we'll we'll save the question for uh, how you deal with these players for the coming week. But how about the pitchers going against them? Because this could be a really depleted Mets lineup for the coming week. And a couple of pitchers that are going to face them, Drew Smiley and Pablo Lopez uh, with the series against the Braves and the Marlins uh, on tap. Those seem like maybe the the pitchers that would most likely maybe get a, a, a notable bump for this coming week. So would that sway you in a start sit decision for either Smiley or Lopez? Yeah. If both Conforto and McNeil were to go on the IL at some point on Monday. So we knew going into the week that they weren't going to be available. That would be enough of a downgrade for that lineup as a whole, where I'd actually start both Lopez and Smiley in that matchup. All right. Well, we do have a number of players, including those uh, that we mentioned for the Mets that we we've got some dilemmas with. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and ask the question in regard to Jacob deGrom, because he is uh, slated to throw a bullpen session on Tuesday. And I would think that depending on how he feels on Wednesday, that's going to determine whether or not we see him on the mound this week, but he could start for the Mets as soon as this Friday at the Marlins. So With no further information, fortunately, we do have kind of a late lineup lock on Monday, but with no further information, uh, do you go ahead and leave DeGrom in your rotation? I probably will in most circumstances. Um, You know, I'll look if I'm passing on a two-start pitcher for a guy that's amazing but might not make his turn this week. In that case, you know, I'm going to go with the two-start options. But I think if you're looking at the fringy, you know, waiver wire grade starters in most leagues compared to the possibility of getting that start from DeGrom, I'd want to err on the side of getting DeGrom's start. I'll I'll take the risk and possibly take the zero if he's not quite ready to go by the end of the week. All right. And again, could start this coming weekend. So uh, you're not necessarily uh, going to be saddled with that zero. Uh, Brandon Belt was scratched on Sunday at Pittsburgh with side tightness. Darren Ruff made the start in his place at first base. So there's another situation to watch as the lineup block uh, approaches. 
Let's uh, take a look at some closer news uh, from Sunday. Kendall Graveman got his fifth save of the season against Cleveland. So he is now not only notched that extra save, but he's up to 15 and two-thirds scoreless innings on the season. Uh, he's only 51% rostered in CBS leagues where uh, those roster rates tend to be higher than the other sites. That's that's quite amazing. I understand DVR. I understand why, because I guess technically that's still a committee situation there. But uh, it certainly looks like Graveman is is pulling away as the one who's going to have the most value from here on out. If we're talking about partial closers especially, he's actually one of my favorite committee closers available anywhere right now. It's hard to believe there are still 50% of CBS leagues almost where he's out there right now. I'm buying into what he's doing. The velo is up. He's basically a three-pitch reliever sitting in the 95-96 range with the fastball now. So this is a totally different guy than the one that we saw trying to make it as a starter for a few years in Oakland. And it wasn't like he was a horrible starter. It was just that he was a low strikeout rate guy dependent on keeping the ball on the ground. So he wasn't all that enticing for us. So I'm definitely in on reliever Kendall Graveman. I love this move by Seattle. Yeah, no, I do too. And uh, I'm sure that roster rate is going to rise, but maybe now's the time to add before... Maybe you can't uh, in the near future. Uh, we've talked about Taylor Rogers quite a bit on recent episodes. Uh, first spurred by uh, comments from Gabe Kapler that he'll be in the saves mix. Then more recently, some struggles from Jake McGee. So Rogers did get that save or um, yeah, I'm sorry. He did get the save for the Giants on Sunday at Pittsburgh. I hesitated there DVR because uh, Taylor Rogers, uh, the other Rogers twin, he uh, lost to the A's uh, on a wild pitch. Uh, so it's been been up and down for Taylor Rogers too. So while we've got that giant situation, that's a bit fluid and, and looking like a committee now. Maybe it's the same for the Twins, where we recently saw Hansel Robles pick up a save, and then we've got Taylor Rogers um, pitching uh, in, in tie game and and taking the loss. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Minnesota going the committee route, and if they did that, I would still expect Taylor Rogers to have comparable value to Hansel Robles. We talked about Robles on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. The big concern for me, the walk rate is back to where it typically is with him. At least the velo has bounced back closer to 2019 levels. Um, so I, I do see Robles as a less appealing option than Graveman in the leagues where both are available. But I would say Robles is rosterable, at least in mixed leagues that have 15 or more teams. And previously, he was pretty much an AL-only guy. So definitely a guy who's pushed his way out of the mixed league radar with some of the things happening in that pen. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, let's take a look back uh, more broadly at what happened on Sunday and for a change, a little bit of offense on the Sunday slate of games. Uh, it's been a pitchy, pitching-heavy season, and particularly the past week or so. Uh, but we will start with some pitchers here. Josh Fleming with five really solid innings against those Mets that we just talked about. Uh, five scoreless with one hit, no walks, five strikeouts. Uh, now, Fleming is a guy that is uh, you know, maybe Kendall Graveman 2.0, uh, going to put the ball on the ground, not going to really miss a whole lot of contact. Uh, but you've also got the you know the race situation where you know maybe he gets piggybacked here and there, but the the results have been good. Yeah, and I keep saying like the thing with Fleming that makes me trust them is that they've had success with Ryan Yarbrough, and Fleming actually throws harder than Yarbrough, so it's not like you're still looking at 87, 88 with the fastball. 
Uh, I do think you want to be careful with some of the more difficult matchups that come up for the Rays from time to time. I, I'd be careful throwing him against the Red Sox, especially at Fenway as a lefty. Uh, the Yankees are still a matchup that I would be kind of fearful of with a guy like that. But I would say he's tracking towards being in lineups about two-thirds of the time where rostered. You know, all of his home starts for the most part, I think, are usable. And there are definitely some spots on the road, even in division, where I trust them, specifically Baltimore. I mean, I'm, I know Camden Yards is hitter-friendly, but that's not a lineup that I'm afraid of right now. All right, well, let's move to the hitters. They've waited long enough. Again, a lot of pitchers featured in this segment lately. Uh, Ian Happ, just uh, second game back from the the injured list for him in a big game, three for four against the Cardinals in St. Louis. Uh, He homered, he or I'm sorry, uh, that was actually in Detroit, uh, homered and doubled. So I had uh, Cardinals on the brain because I'm looking ahead and seeing where I would feel comfortable starting Hap. So there are three games in the coming weekend at St. Louis and before that, four games at home versus the Nationals. So Ian Hap, uh, 15-teamer at this point, or can we go a little shallower? I think you get out of 12s. I think there's a chance that he leads off a lot when healthy. And I liked him coming into the year. I mean, he gets on base. He has power, runs a little. So I'm in on Ian Happ. I'm glad he's healthy again. That was a really scary collision that knocked him out for a few days. Yeah, no, it's great to see him back. Absolutely. Uh, And then a couple of Phillies, just kind of an interesting situation. And uh, this is going to be a bit of a precursor to our our weekly planner segment, uh, looking at the Phillies injuries. But uh, that's provided an opportunity for Brad Miller and Nick Maton to uh, play a bit more. And Miller's really, they actually, they've both really taken advantage of it. Miller on Sunday at Toronto going two for five with his first two stolen bases of the season and Maton his first two homers of the season in a three-hit game. And Maton's really been hitting pretty consistently. So, I mean, I think Maton in particular, his playing time is going to depend on how soon Didi Gregorius uh, comes back. So we're, we're looking at both the players themselves and their opportunities. So is it worth starting them maybe in some deeper leagues this week? Yeah, pretty much NL only leagues only, though, for, for Maton for me at this point. I, I don't know if I really trust the bat enough to use him in a mixed league right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. And just a few streamers on the Monday slate. Logan Webb at Cincinnati. Uh, they'll be going with Sonny Gray. John Lester uh, against uh, the Cubs in Wrigley Field, his former team. Jay Happ. uh playing the other team from Chicago, uh, facing the White Sox and Dallas Keuchel. And then we've got a a pair of potential streamers here, Casey Mize and Yusei Kikuchi facing off against each other. Uh, And, you know, nice matchups, right? Uh, Kikuchi gets to face the Tigers. Mize gets the Mariners. So maybe a double streamer situation there. Yeah, I like Kikuchi just a little more than Mize, but I think Mize has pitched better than some people have noticed lately. So I would say he's an easy second for me. I, if I had to start one of the other three guys, I think it's Logan Webb against the Reds, but I'm not endorsing him as someone that everyone should go out and start. I just think he's a slightly better option than John Lester and Jay Happ, given their respective matchups. Okay, and let's wind up here with uh, some start-sit dilemmas based on injuries. Ronald Acuna Jr. with a sore ankle for the last few days. Uh, I mean, if there's anybody you start no matter what, it's, it's pretty much him, but uh, any concerns there? He pinch hit late in the game on Sunday, so I'm 
expecting him to play and planning on using him in weekly leagues. All right. And then the three Phillies I alluded to uh, earlier, Bryce Harper with the shoulder injury, JT Real Muto now dealing with a wrist injury, and Didi Gregorius with that elbow uh, that's kept him out for a few games. So uh, rolling with any or all of those three. I think the only one that I'm currently worried about, and this could change Monday throughout the day, is Didi Gregorius. He hasn't played since Wednesday. So the Phillies have an off day Monday. I think we may have to wait until Tuesday to actually get the official word on him. Uh, So have an option ready to go who's first game isn't Monday because if you get locked out on that you have to make that decision prior to getting more information on DD. but I actually think he's the guy I'm most worried about of those players all righty and then a couple of the Mets that we talked about Michael Conforto Jeff McNeil uh, do these hamstring injuries maybe allow you to rationalize benching them just because the production has been disappointing anyway yeah and I think in the case of McNeil especially he's had other leg injuries recently so it might be in the Mets best interest to give him 10 days to try to get his legs right All right. Well, uh, just let all that soak in. Make sure you get your lineups uh, set before the later lineup block uh, on this Monday. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you can just take a moment to rate and review this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And with that said, for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will be right back here on Tuesday. Mm -hmm.